It's time to eat. Get in my belly. Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Evan Silva. Me so hungry. On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. And if you're looking for a place to make some online wagers, number one, you should listen to Even Money Podcast. Number two, you should head on over to betonline.ag and use the promo code PODCAST1 to receive a 50% sign-up bonus today. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. As we do pretty much every podcast on the platform at RossTucker.com or RT Media, we've got some winners to give away. Yesterday, we gave out yet another entry into the Fantasy Feast season-long league. I think there's still two more entries to claim. So next week, two more entries to claim. And I would say uh, patrons probably have a pretty good chance or someone that goes crazy and gets multiple, goes ahead and does multiple sponsor confirmations by taking advantage of our sponsor codes over at RossTucker.com. Today's NFL Game Pass giveaway goes to Elise Gambles. Elise quote tweeted uh, a tweet that we put out at RTF Podcast for why she deserved to get a NFL game pass code. And she said, because I need any money I can get with my student loans from Central Michigan University. So congratulations, Elise. Go ahead and send me an email, ross at rosstucker.com. And I will let you know how you are able to get the NFL Game Pass code. Absolutely love NFL Game Pass, by the way. I use it almost exclusively to watch film. You know, I've got the Ravens and Eagles Thursday night. So nice to be able to go on NFL Game Pass. By the way, do you know NFL Game Pass has every out of market preseason game live? Every out-of-market game live. So your season starts now with NFL Game Pass. You also can get a look at all the rookies, all the players on new teams. I've got so many buddies. Like, you can watch my broadcast of the Ravens and the Eagles Thursday night at Game Pass. It's that cool. Sign up now at NFL.com slash Fantasy Feast Eaton. E-A-T-I-N. Fantasy Feast Eaton. E-A-T-I-N, and kick off the season. They got a seven-day free trial, by the way. So even if all you want to do is watch me go to for this game, go to NFL.com slash Fantasy Feast Eden. And, of course, the Ravens and the Eagles, of course. Today is O-Line Tears Day, Evan. Very, very excited. I know you like to pick my brain on my O-Line Tears Um, I've got a lot to say about different offensive lines. We always say every year, it is a very, very good differentiator. And if you're deciding between two players, it's a great way to help you decide. Uh, By the way, speaking of great ways to help you decide, how about the sleeper app? It's the number one rated app on iOS and Android. Juju Smith-Schuster is hosting a league on sleeper. Did you know that top 20 sports app total he's playing? I mean, that 
there's literally famous people, famous players that are playing in leagues on the sleep wrap, infinite customizations, sick draft boards, the design of the app. Wow. You can see why it's number one rated app. Very, very cool. Lots of different ways to improve your fantasy game. Make sure you give the sleeper app a try because it is awesome. Almost as awesome as my O-line tiers. Let's get it. All right, Evan, before we actually get into my O-line tiers and some of the teams I think are definitely worth mentioning based on what I've seen occur with them over the offseason and certainly even in the preseason, I don't want to, as the former O-line guy, to be selling why O-line tiers matter. So can you sell Because otherwise, be, oh, yeah, offensive linemen, dude, thinks offensive lines are important. So I want you, as the premier fantasy football analyst in the world, to describe why it's nice that we do an O-line tiers episode here on Fantasy Feast. Well, first of all, it's just an undercovered portion of football analysis. You know, there are only so many guys that are good at actually analyzing offensive line play um, in the in the real media. And we're getting more and more, you know, Jeff Schwartz, obviously yourself, Brandon Thorne, I think, does a great job. He's writing for Establish the Run uh, this year. He wrote a big uh, article in our uh, in our draft kit, and he's also going to do a weekly breakdown of like offensive versus defensive line matchups. Like in week one, um, I think the – did the Browns play the Titans in week one? Yes. Uh, yeah, I think they do. Yes. So, you know, the Titans are going to be without Taylor Luan, and they're going to be facing off with like Olivia Vernon and Miles Garrett. And that's something that, you know, without their, their starting uh, left tackle, Dennis Kelly does have experience, a lot of experience, but – you know, he's a clear downgrade. And then on the other side, Jack Conklin has been kind of up and down. So, you know, I would imagine that that is something that uh, Brandon Thorne will be hitting on for Establish the Run entering week one. But, I mean, anyways, I think that offensive line play really matters at the, at the extremes. So when we talk about Ross's first tier and maybe some, some teams that – or some offensive lines that are in a second tier that maybe have a chance to move up into that first tier – you know, those are offensive lines that I think we should especially take note of. And then at the bottom, um, offensive lines that, that are so bad that they could like wreck an offense. You know, those are the ones that really stand out. I think that, you know, the offensive play callers are oftentimes good enough schemers to be able to understand their own personnel and know their own team's strengths and weaknesses to, you know, if they have issues in pass protection you know, they'll, they'll make the length of their quarterbacks drop back short, shorter uh, to account for that, you know. But I think that at the extremes, really, really pay attention to the first and second tiers and then, you know, the bottom couple of tiers when we go through the, these uh, these rankings and tiers. Yeah, and I, I'll, I'll just add to that a little bit. I, I do think coaching is really important for the position, whether that's offensive line coach. I had nine of them or offensive coordinators. And it's funny, just hearing you say that, it's weird because I feel like the best offensive coordinators that are out there really do the best job of putting their offensive line in the in in, in the in the best position to succeed. I mean, you look at a lot of these guys, you know, whether it's Andy Reid, you know, Matt Nagy, a lot of these guys, they do a really nice job. It's almost like, I always look at it like this, and this is probably my bias, Evan, but 
if you start every play with what can we do on this play to make the O-line successful? Well, if the O-line successful, then it's going to be well blocked. And what are the chances that the play is not successful? You know what I mean? Like, I just think if, if more play callers looked at it through that prism as opposed to how many guys can I get out in the route? What are these cool route combinations I can draw up? If you looked at it like, all right, let's 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 run these plays based on where our offensive line is really going to be comfortable and do well. Well, when's the last time you're like, man, this offensive line's kicking butt, but this team can't move the football? That never happens. That's not a thing. Like if the offensive line is kicking butt in the NFL, they're going to find a way to be able to move the football. And so uh, that's one point I wanted to mention. The other point I wanted to mention, we've talked a lot over the years about continuity and chemistry and how I think that's really important. And I mentioned that because when people do these O-line rankings, a lot of times it's like, oh, they added this guy, they added that guy, and da 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 And I do think that there's, you know, it's good to add good players. I, I do believe that. But for the most part, you know, the only thing that's pretty much better than adding guys is having the same five dudes as the year before. <laughs> because if your team, uh, Houston Texans excluded, by the way, but if your team has the same five dudes as the year before, that's usually a really good sign. I mean, that, that usually means they feel pretty good about that group and they're hoping that they grow even more a year later. So I'll dive into it. Um, tier one is the truly elite offensive lines in my mind. And I've got the Eagles, the Steelers, the Cowboys, and the Saints. Uh, the Eagles' depth is just out of control. I mean, their second offensive line of Wisniewski, Vitae, Mylata, Andre Dillard, Matt Pryor. I'm not convinced. Like, I, I think that they're probably better than the Texans' offensive line. I mean, they, all of those guys, Vitae and Wisniewski started in the Super Bowl. Mylata and Dillard are very encouraging prospects. And Pryor's fine at left guard. So, Eagles, they're, they're first offensive line, I think, is the best in the NFL. Now, they do have some guys up there in age. With Peters and Kelsey, they do have some injury question marks right now with Lane Johnson and Brandon Brooks. But when those five guys are going, they're really good. Same with the Steelers. Marcus Gilbert's gone. I'm not sure Matt Filer isn't already better than him. For the Cowboys, you know, to get Travis Frederick back, he might be – he and Kelsey, I think, are probably the two best centers in the league – and by the way, I mean, they couldn't be different in terms of body type. I think Frederick probably weighs 40 pounds more than Jason Kelsey, but they're very good. Uh, left guard to me is still a question mark for the Cowboys and Connor McGovern from Penn State, who I thought might beat out Connor Williams. He has uh, he had an injury, so he's kind of not really been in there much in camp. So it's going to be tough for him to win that job. So we'll see if Connor Williams got a little stronger, got more of an anchor at left guard because he was kind of a weak point. And then the Saints uh, have a terrific offensive line, but Max Unger's kind of surprise retirement is a little concerning. I'll give them credit for making sure that they put some resources there with both Nick Easton in a free agency and Eric McCoy, the second rounder out of A&M in the draft. They kind of gave him two bites at the apple to make sure they're not only getting good center play, but have, you know, a, a, a really good next man in any thoughts, questions, comments on the elite group, Evan. 
Um, no, I, I, I generally agree with, you know, all of it. Um, and, and so does our, our offensive line. I'm looking at his tiers right now as you're talking. Um, the Eagles, you know, the Eagles, this is one of the reasons that I, I really like Miles Sanders right now as a sixth or seventh round pick. I don't think he's necessarily going to need 17, 18 touches a game to be able to pay off where you're getting him right now, in large part because uh, of the, the confidence that we should have in their offensive line and their depth. I mean, as you mentioned, they have three guys potentially on the bench right now that could theoretically start for you know multiple teams across the league. Cowboys getting back Travis Frederick is huge. They essentially have all five offensive line starters returning. Travis Frederick is, um, you know, he didn't really play. He didn't play at all last year, but he was their, he's their starting center, and getting him back is huge. If Ezekiel Elliott misses time, all the faith in the world that, that this offensive line is going to be able to open holes for Tony Pollard and or Alfred Morris. Um, and then you mentioned the Saints, you know, uh, yeah, they, they went out of their way, used a second-round pick on Eric McCoy and gave Nick Easton a four-year, $24 million deal to, um, you know, to they like doubled down on the loss of Max Unger. The only surprise that I would have is that you did not include the Patriots and I'm assuming that they will be high in your second tier. Yeah, and by the way, let me just say this. I'm a huge fan of Brandon Thorns. He does a terrific job. You guys getting him at establishtherun.com is a huge, huge score for you guys. He, he to me, you know, Baldy's a great O-line guy, Sean O'Hara, Jeff Schwartz, but – Brandon, like you can tell he's doing it all day, every day and posting stuff and he, he loves it. So that's a score for you guys. I'll tell you this too, Evan. I don't know if you saw it. Um, you know, after week one where he really didn't do anything, Miles Sanders had two really nice runs against the Jaguars Thursday night. One was a gigantic hole, but he cut back behind it and got nice yardage. The other one, he bounced outside showed the ability to do that, ran through a couple tackles. And then probably the most important thing for his fantasy value, it was like fourth and four and the Jags came with an all out blitz and he had the linebacker in the a gap and he went up there and stoned that dude. I mean, it was, and Thorson threw off his back foot for a touchdown for Greg Ward, but that was a really good sign for miles Sanders, um, you know, propensity to get third down snaps to be able to stick a guy, not give up any ground on all out blitz on fourth down for a touchdown. I could go, I think could go a long way for him. So uh, just some extra Miles Sanders thoughts there. I, you know, the thing, the thing that stinks about that from a fantasy football perspective, I really don't know how they're going to divvy up the third down reps between Miles Sanders and Darren Sproles. Like is Sproles, just the punt returner and just kind of every once in a while or cause I know Doug Peterson, the head coach really likes Sproles. I think when Sproles on your team, it's kind of hard to not put him in on third down just cause he's still so fast and quick and good in that role. So that's just an interesting, you know, and, and we won't really know. I don't think the third preseason game, that's another thing we should talk about. And we can talk about next week, Evan, in your final episode is just, Week three used to be a real good indicator, but like the Eagles, for example, they're scrimmaging Monday and Tuesday this week, as we know, with the Ravens, and I wonder how much that affects their playing time for their starters Thursday night, and so I feel like we're not going to get as clean of a look as to what teams are really thinking in third preseason games as we used to, Evan. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, with, with regard to Miles Sanders, yeah, a situation you don't want is is him getting hit on like two fronts. Like he's losing goal line slash short yardage slash late game clock killing carries to Jordan Howard, and then he's losing passing game work to Darren Sproles. That that would really put a lid on his upside. You mentioned Brandon Thorne. You can you can um, uh, follow him at, at Brandon Thorne NFL. Uh, what he's really great at doing is. He is looking at the offensive line from like an end zone view. And man, watching an offensive line play on TV versus watching, you know, the entire the entire offensive line going against the defensive line, it's like stunning. And you, I knew that it would it was going to be a brawl in there, right? But when you see these clips that he puts up, you don't realize how freaking violent it gets in the trenches. Um, like I, I, you know, I really didn't I, – I, when, again, I, you know, I watch most of the games on TV, but when he is highlighting the offensive line against the defensive line, it is an all-out war in there, and it's, um, it, it's, it's really unbelievable when, when you just watch like rep after rep after rep, how violent it, it is. And guess what, by the way? Um, first of all, no shit. Secondly, <laughs> secondly <laughs> uh, offensive linemen only ever watch game tape typically from the end zone camera. Like when we were watching, we would just flip through the the all 22 or the sideline because O-lineman, you watch it from the end zone so you can see your footwork, their footwork, your you know their alignment on you. Like that's how you learn and study offensive line play is from the end zone copy, not from the sideline or the all 22. All right, tier two, Evan. I've got the Patriots first team in tier two. This is the, the these are the teams I would say are above average. Um, Patriots at five, uh, Colts six, Redskins seven, Falcons eight, Packers nine, Rams 10, Bears 11, Lions 12, Carolina Panthers 13, Tennessee Titans 14. Um, the question mark I have for the Patriots is simple. You know, they lost Trent Brown, so it's Isaiah Wynn at left tackle coming off of a torn Achilles. I feel like that position's important enough. Like, if it was just Isaiah Wynn filling in for Trent Brown, I probably would have included them in the elite category. But it's Isaiah Wynn coming off a torn Achilles filling in for uh Trent Brown. The early returns have been pretty good. I thought he looked pretty good against the Titans the other night. So they might slide into the elite, but I did these rankings like a week ago. Um, but he looked pretty good against the Titans. I thought that was a good sign. Colts has the same five as last year. That's good. The Redskins have some really good players. I mean, Trent Williams, Brandon Sheriff, and Morgan Moses are all very good players, but Trent Williams isn't there. And that situation is very much up in the air right now. The Falcons are trying to throw, just throw resources at offensive line. I mean, they already felt pretty good about their center, as they should, Alex Mack, about their left tackle, Jake Matthews. And then they almost went like Buffalo Bills style. You sign free agents like Jamon Brown and James Carpenter. Then your two first-round picks are both O-linemen in Chris Lindstrom, who's really good. Kayla McGarry, who's got kind of a, a weird heart issue. So what I like about that is it gives the Falcons really enviable depth and competition. I think they'll end up being a pretty good group this year. Um, 
Green Bay Packers tackles are excellent when they're both healthy. I'll be curious to check out the Rams with having new guys at center and left guard. You know, now those guys have been there, so I like the fact that they've been on the roster. And, you know, when Saffold and John Sullivan were getting vet days off, those guys were able to go in there and actually get a lot of reps. But, you know, I haven't seen them play. And it's two guys next to each other. I can't I can't put them in the elite category there, even though Whitworth, Havenstein, and the other guys are really good. Bears have the same five. Lions don't have TJ Lang anymore. The Panthers got went out and got Matt Paradis. And Daryl Williams is back. And we mentioned Taylor Lewan and the suspension. The Titans did bring in Roger Saffold. Anything jump out to you about that tier or any questions, Evan? Yeah, two interesting ones. Um, The Rams. And uh, Brandon also is optimistic that they're going to be able to, to maintain a high level of play on the offensive line. But I also feel like the floor is low. For the Rams, uh, Brandon mentioned that their their offensive line coach Aaron Cromer is one of the best O line coaches in the league, and you know that I'm sure that that's true. Um, they have Andrew Whitworth, who is what you know he's still a stud, but he's what 37 or 38. So at some point he's going to take a step back. They are, are moving from uh, Roger Saffold to Joseph Noteboom, who I believe they drafted in either the third or fourth round a couple years ago. He, he and Brian Allen, their projected starting center, have played 120, 110 combined snaps in the NFL. That's like barely a game and a half. Um, so that's a little bit of a concern. Austin Blythe, at times, I thought was a liability that kind of stood out as a liability last year. And then I think Rob Havenstein is a stud at right tackle. Um, but I do think that they kind of have a low floor. Um, and then the other team that stood out to me, that you were talking about was, oh, the Panthers. Um, so the Panthers are only bringing back two starters. Um, but they did add Matt Paradis, who went healthy, is one of the best centers in the league. Looks like they're going to play Daryl Williams at left tackle. Um, and then Greg Van Roten, they're going to use at left guard uh, because Greg Little has been running with, like, the twos and threes. They used a, a top 40 pick on Greg Little, and he has not won a starting job so far. Um, so they're they're just an interesting offensive line to me because I think they could be really freaking good. They are bringing back a really good uh, right side of the line and Matt Paradis, you know, as part of that, added to that. Um, and, but, you know, then I have some kind of questions on the left side and then on the interior for the Rams. It's um, it's kind of like wait and see. Yep, I agree. Uh, the next category is just the average category. Won't spend as much time there. Just because, as you said, Evan, it, you know the average one doesn't mean that much. I've got the Chiefs, the Bills, the Ravens, the Broncos, the Seahawks, the Jags, the Niners, the Vikings, the Giants, the Chargers, the Raiders, and then teetering on average and below average are the Browns and the Jets at the bottom. Uh, you know, just quickly, I would say. You know, the Chiefs left guard and center are kind of positions to keep an eye on. You know, not exactly positions of strength. The Bills added seven free agents and Cody Ford. I've never heard of that in my life. They signed seven dudes, Evan. They signed they signed seven free agents that have like started NFL games. I've never heard of that. I mean, I kind of like it because with injuries and guys, they're going to end up getting five good starters out of it because uh, they already have like Dawkins and stuff at left tackle. Plus, they're going to have depth. 
The Ravens, I thought it was interesting they moved on from Alex Lewis. I'll say this about the Ravens O-line. Greg Roman is a genius. I don't say that often, but his run schemes, I've never seen holes as big as some of the holes I saw for the Ravens run game at the end of last year. And having Lamar Jackson really helps. Broncos obviously heavily invested with Reisner and Jawan Williams. The Seahawks, we know, are committed to the run and gigantic. Uh, we'll see about the Jags. They've got Cam uh, Cam's back, Cam Robinson. They drafted Taylor out of Florida. Uh, the, the Niners' interior trio, I would say, is concerning. I feel good about Staley uh, and McGlinchey, but the interior trio is a little concerning. The Vikings, I'll be curious to see how much Kubiak can help and Garrett Bradbury. I thought they actually looked pretty good on Sunday night against the Seahawks. Well, I take that back. They looked okay. This guy Puna Ford was like killing them. Um, the Giants, even in the preseason, Evan, they've looked a lot better. You know, Zeitler and Remmers on the right side, uh, Hernandez and and Solder on the left side. Giants O-lines actually looked pretty decent. The Chargers right side is still questionable. The Raiders, you know, they get Gabe Jackson hurt and he's next to Colton Miller. That's that's kind of problematic for me, uh, the Raiders. And then I think that uh, the, the team that we should talk about the most is probably the Cleveland Browns. A lot mm-hmm. of people putting a lot of faith in this team from a fantasy perspective and from a real football perspective. I did think, Evan, that Freddie Kitchens did a good job last year kind of protecting his tackles who are both average, I'd say, and Chris Hubbard, as well as Greg Robinson, who's been consistently inconsistent in his career. Now you have a major right guard, question mark. Eric Cush is a journeyman that you'd feel good about, probably, as your swing inside guy at center and guards. But the fact that he's starting at right guard, you know, I don't like, Evan, when a team goes into a season with question marks that I think are legitimate at two starting positions because not only is that bad, but then like, who's their next guy to go in Brian Witzman? Like who's their next dude to go in Austin Corbett's obviously disappointing. So my issue with the Browns is not only having two starting positions that are question marks, but you have to expect in the NFL, Evan, your six man's going to start half the year. Just because that's just the way it goes. Your seventh guy is probably going to start two to four games. And not only do the Browns have two starting question marks, they've got depth concerns as well. And I, I, I went on Cleveland radio. They got all mad at me. But that's not a championship caliber roster. That's not a That's not a championship caliber offensive line depth. And that is one position you really, really don't want to be light on, guys. Yeah, I – I, I think they should trade for Trent Williams, you know, and I mean, they, they probably have to do some cap juggling and, you know, they, I think they have 10 picks set up for next year um, in the draft. So they, they should have the ammunition, but I, if I was them, I would go after uh, Trent Williams for sure. Then you could move Greg Robinson. Greg Robinson has experience at guard and tackle. You put him as your sixth guy and you're looking a lot better um, right away. But yeah, I mean, the unit that they have right now, shoot, Brandon has them as the 27th. He has them 27th, um, and it's it's you got two good offensive linemen. You know, you got Joel Batonio and you got J.C. Treader. J.C. Treader has struggled with injuries at times, and then you got 
question marks at pretty much every other position. Chris Hubbard was, you know, a good six man and spot starter, I think, uh, under Mike Munchak with the Steelers. But I mean, you're looking at uh, probably a bottom three tackle du- uh, duo in, in Greg Robinson and Chris Hubbard, and then the ongoing camp battle at, at right guard. There, there's no question that the offensive line is the Browns' potential Achilles heel. Uh, for some of you, like me, your Achilles heel might be that you are balding. Listen, it sucks. I know, especially because I'm trying to do TV stuff. But that's why I'm so thankful for Keeps. All you need to know is keeps.com slash feast. Here's the deal. I'd already been taking a couple of different medicines. One's a pill orally in the morning. The other one is a topical thing I rub on my bald spot in the morning and at night. And, you know, I had that you can buy at the store. The pill you have to get a prescription for. Not anymore, dudes. You still need a prescription, but I don't even need to go to a doctor. If you go to keeps.com slash feast, you literally just take a couple pictures of your head and they prescribe you. They can prescribe you if you qualify with the medicine and then they send it right to your house. So you're saving a ton of time. You're saving a ton of money and you're getting it sent right to your house, which is incredibly convenient. I've been a Keeps member for a couple of years now. And if you are starting, here's my biggest piece of advice. If you're starting to lose your hair even a little bit, you need to start immediately. Because these things are always better at keeping what you have than trying to regrow it. So here's the deal, all right? If you're ready to take action and prevent further hair loss, go to keeps.com slash feast to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash feast. K-E-E-P-S dot com slash feast. You literally are allowed to try it for free for a month. Why would you not? I mean, that, I, I don't understand why you wouldn't if you're experiencing this. Listen, stuff happens. It's It's not great, but um, that I'm balding, but you know what? Keeps done a darn good job of keeping what I still have. So highly encourage you to check it out. Let's get to the last tier, Evan. And these are the below average or just piss poor. Okay. Below average. I've got, uh, the Browns. I'd put them in that category. Now the jets and the bucks, I will give the jets credit I don't think I can remember a team adding guys like uh, Ryan Khalil and Alex Lewis in the first week of training camp. So we'll see how it shakes out for that, but they're at least doing that. And if he's healthy, uh, Kaleche Osemele remains one of my five favorite players in the NFL. You want to talk about violent? Just watch number 70 at left guard for the Jets. He is not messing around. He is trying to take your soul. He does not care if he embarrasses you in front of your family in the world. I love that guy. Um, it's funny, too, because I love a dude for the Bucks too. Their center and left guard, Ryan Jensen and Ali Marpet. Ryan Jensen will also try to choke you out to oblivion. I'll say, you know what's funny, Evan? Certain franchises, think about how many starters there are in the NFL that used to be Baltimore Ravens. Like, yeah. I think the two meanest offensive linemen in the league KO and Ryan Jensen are both former Ravens. Like, I, and, and both those guys, I think KO was a second-round pick. Jensen was like a fifth-round pick. Certain teams just know what the hell they're doing. They just do. And the Ravens 
draft these guys. How come the Ravens are the only one out here drafting mean guys? Mean guys help. Trust me. Um, then you've got Evan, the poor teams. I mean, the Bengals, they lost their two best offensive linemen, Jonah Williams and Clint Bowling, before the season even started. And they weren't even going to be a good offensive line to begin with. They were going to be below average probably. And their two best guys aren't playing. That's a problem. I am fascinated by the Arizona Cardinals and Cliff Kingsbury's preferred wide splits. Holy crap. I've seen some end zone copy of that. Good luck to the center. If they're going to keep the splits that wide, teams are going to put their best player, their best pass rusher like Aaron Dolan right over the center. And that guy's going to have a major, major problem if they're going to keep the splits that wide. I'm glad they're doing it because I think it's like a fascinating O-line scientific experiment. I wouldn't be glad they were doing it if I was the center for the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, you got the Dolphins. They basically, Dolphins are Laramie Tunsil and the problems. I mean, the, the, the rest of the guys, it's not good, but Tunsil is. And then finally, the Houston Texans. I, 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 I can't remember ever seeing this where a team was this bad at a position and did nothing really of consequence to fix it. Uh, they drafted Titus Howard. He's not ready. Bill O'Brien says Matt Khalil's the left tackle. Uh, okay. Um, you know, I don't know if Mac Sharping will be ready. It's a bunch of journeymen guys or guys that I'm not even sure they'll have a journey if and when the Texans cut them. It's ugly. Uh, they found a way to win 10 games last year, though. So, you know what? Maybe it's not as important as we like to think it is. Or maybe Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins and J.J. Watt and Clowney are just that good. Uh, they're the team that should trade for Trent Williams, in my mind. The Houston Texans should. Yeah, absolutely. And especially because Titus Howard hasn't been showing well early. The reports out of camp on Khalil are just up and down at best. Brandon has their only quality starter is Nick Martin at center. Um, you know, the for the Cardinals, especially you talk about those wide splits, you know, if their center is going to be A.Q. Shipley, and it might be Mason Cole, who – uh, was their starter for most of last year because A.Q. Shipley got hurt. But A.Q. Shipley is, like, famous for having super short arms, you know, like 29-inch arms. And, my goodness, if, if they're doing the wide splits around him with those short arms, like, that, that's going to even put him at more of a disadvantage. So, yeah, they're, they're an extremely interesting test case as an offensive entity this year. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's like a boomer bust proposition. I could see it going real well. You know, I could see them, uh, you know, kind of doing something different and then benefiting from that. But I could also see it, you know, going like we saw the other night, uh, where it's, it's an absolute disaster. Outstanding as always, Evan, good questions, good comments. Thanks for helping me with the O-line tears. If people want more knowledge dropped on them. Pro Football Focus offers the most in-depth stats and analysis to give you a massive edge over your competition. They've got data-driven projections and matchup tools to find breakout players. Sit back and follow Jeff Ratcliffe's expert rankings all season long. You can sign up at pff.com and use promo code PFF25 to save 25% on your order. Or if you want, you can join PFF Elite to access their green line game picks for NFL and college game. Green line shows you which picks they have the highest confidence in. Go to PFF 
Dot-com and use promo code PFF25 to save 25% for a limited time. That'll do it for the Fantasy Feast Eaton podcast. Next week, we say goodbye and hello. Going to be a very emotional and a very awesome week all at the same time with two episodes. You're not going to want to miss it. Um, it'll be something to say goodbye to Evan after all these years. And I cannot wait to reveal Evan's replacement. It's going to be awesome. Make sure you are listening next week. We'll also do a season preview and kind of what, what mattered, what didn't from the first three weeks of the preseason, since none of the starters actually play in preseason week four, as we know, other than that, I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker football podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and the College Draft, all available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. And actually, I realize now we're not totally done. I need to make sure you guys all know if you're going to place a bet after you listen to the Even Money podcast, the place to do it is betonline.ag. That's betonline.ag. Use the promo code PODCAST1 for that 50% welcome bonus. That is the key. PODCAST1, 50% welcome bonus at betonline.ag. Now you can go on with the rest of your day.